Welcome, everyone. It's the Texas Values Radio Show. What an incredible and fantastic weather we're having uh, right now. That's one way you know you're in Texas is when you were about to freeze three days ago, and now you're getting a sunburn through your car window. Uh, whether you're listening live or uh, or not, we're happy to have you join us today. I'm Jonathan Kevy. I'm the Policy Director for Texas Values, filling in for Jonathan Sines on the Texas Values Report this week. And we have a very special show lined up for you today with a very special guest and one of the hottest topics in the current Texas legislative session. But before we get to that, just as a reminder, you can catch us every week on this station, KTXW 1120 The Bridge or 100.7 FM The Word, or you can watch us on demand or Facebook any day of the week. Also, if you just got to find out more about uh, what we're talking about and what we've talked about, you can find tons of great info on our website at txvalues.org, and you can stay up on breaking news and information by getting text alerts and texting TXValues to 797979. Our guest today is Texas State Representative Ellen Troxclair, small business owner, former city councilwoman, and now a servant of the people in the Texas House, where we are expecting great things from her this session. Representative, welcome to the program. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for all the work that you do to uh, keep people informed and to make sure Texas stays the, the land of the free and the home of the brave. Thank you so much. Well, you know, my, my wife and I are moving this month into a place over in Burnett County. So technically I'm becoming a constituent of yours. So there, so there Wonderful. you go. There's Welcome. I, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased, but I do think House District 19, which encompasses uh, Western Travis, but also four other counties in the Hill Country is just the, be the best place to be. So it, it, I, I think so too. I think, I think it's great. Well, where do we start? So many good issues on the table this legislative session, and uh, this is your first session as a newly elected member. Um, you're you're no longer you're you're not a stranger to being a lightning rod for the liberal establishment. They've they've tried to threaten you and demean you when you were on serving as on the Austin City Council. Now you're in the legislature, and I would imagine the atmosphere is a bit different. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to get into public office, especially in the Texas legislature. Yeah, sure. Um, well, really, I I had been a staffer at the at the Capitol, so I knew my way around policy a little bit. Never thought that I would be one to run myself. Actually, terrified me to think about public speaking in any capacity. But uh, long story short, I just woke up one day and um, realized was frustrated with the Austin City Council and the way that they were spending our money like drunk sailors. And I just thought, you know what? If I have uh, the 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 ability to do it and I choose not to, then I can't complain. And so I really think it was a God thing because it was never something that I had thought about previously. Um, and it was like within that week, I had the, the filing deadline was coming up for the city council position. Um, people thought I was crazy. I was 29. I was a was very conservative in a very liberal city. Um, I had no money. I didn't know the right connections. You know, I didn't know my way around city politics at all. And uh, I worked hard. I talked about what we need to do to reform our property tax system and to get our spending under control um, and ultimately won that race. Uh, served four years on the Austin City Council. Had two babies during that time, um, which is probably a first, uh, and then a third baby since then. So I have three little kids, six and under. Um, 
I didn't run for re-election to the city council because I thought, you know what, I came what I, I, I did what I set out to do. I, I um, passed the city's first homestead exemption, which gave a property tax break to um, every homeowner in the city. And I served as a voice of reason. And so I, I went back to my family and my business. I'm a um, residential real estate broker. Uh, you know, did a lot of public speaking, wrote a book, did not think that I would be running for anything else ever again, but um, redistricting happened and and there was a need and an opportunity for a strong conservative to step up. Um, and, and now I am the only Republican in the Travis County delegation. So I think my knowledge and experience, especially after what we've seen with Austin Energy this week, um, Austin passing universal basic income programs and kind of all kinds of stuff. I can use that experience of serving on the city council um, to really make sure that at the state level, we are keeping Texas free and not letting these crazy uh, liberal local governments kind of run away with the, the Texas miracle that we have created. That's great. Yeah, it sounds like you're very well equipped for that as well. Um, now, committee assignments just came out yesterday. And uh, I saw you got a couple of exciting assignments. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about those committees and, and what role you see yourself taking in those. Yeah, so I'm a perfect fit for the district. Uh, first one is Homeland Security and Public Safety. So this is where the border issues, uh, police issues, things like that are going to be coming through. And uh, again, representing you know, Kendall County in particular, where just west of San Antonio, where there is a lot of people coming across the border and being pulled over and uh, and and just the, the challenge that we face in making sure that the human trafficking and drug smuggling that's happening at our border is put to a stop. I'm really excited about my role there. Um, and then the second committee is a culture, recreation and tourism, which Again, uh, serving uh, serving representing a very a, a fast growing district and places like Fredericksburg where we have the wine industry and um, some other things going on. That's it's you know the the gosh the bachelorette <laughs> capital party capital of the world. I feel like it is. Um, so culture, recreation, and tourism that includes state parks as well. There's tons of state parks in my district. So um, that will go a long way in making sure that I'm preserving the uh, natural resources and the and the values of the Hill Country. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations on those assignments. Uh, and Thank you're you. You're going to be great on that. Um, I know you have, you have several children and you have, you have a heart for, uh, for parents as they raise their children and educate them um, so that they in turn can be successful and be prepared for college, learning career skills, things like that. What we don't need is to create this sort of unsafe environment where kids are desensitized to sexualized materials, where shockingly our tax dollars are, are pay for, paying for it through publicly funded schools and classrooms. Talk to us a little bit about this issue and, and what needs to be done to fix this. Yeah, I would say that this is uh, one of my top, if not the top priority for this session is protecting our kids. It, I, I cannot believe that we have to have a conversation and I have to file a bill that says don't show children porn in schools. I, um, it, it hurts my heart for all of the children who have already been exposed to the kind of donation and um, really just sexual exploitation that I think we're seeing at every turn and when we have to put a stop to it. Um, and I and I believe that part of that is also ensuring that parents are empowered to for full transparency at what's going on at their children's schools and um, and really actually uh, 
having choice about where they send the kids to school because that gives them the accountability that they need to ensure that kids are learning math, science, and reading and um, not being being exposed to things that, I mean, in a workplace, if you showed your colleagues, you would be sued for sexual harassment, but yet somehow we've put people in a position um, to have inappropriate conversations with our children behind closed doors. And um, moms need to wake up and, you know, bang the pots and pans from the rooftops and say, this is not okay. You cannot, you know, you, this is where it ends. You cannot have, you cannot come after our children. So well, I, and I think we're seeing some of that, right? Not only in Texas, but across the nation. What are, what are you seeing? I mean, do you, are you seeing people, um, moms in particular, and dads rising up and and taking back control of their children's education? Yeah, I mean, I think COVID certainly it, it was a big eye opener to what kids were really being taught in the classroom, um, and we've seen school choice enacted some some form of parent empowerment and school choice enacted in 31 other states where uh, the it's your tax dollars and it's your child and you can choose where you're the, the best education for your children right now where we are failing too many kids across the state. Um, every child deserves access to an excellent education and. The bottom line is we are not providing that right now. Um, so we so we have to fix that. And I do, you, you know, you see Moms for Liberty kind of really taking off the ground and getting getting new membership and new clubs all over. Uh, lots of bills that are being filed to protect women and girls in uh, college sports and beyond. Um, so it, it it's it's hard in this cancel culture that we live in where the left and is the squeaky wheel and they are pressuring uh, corporate organizations and things to that 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 it's their way or the highway. Um, and it's sad that it's taken us so long to really push back at the level that we needed to push back. But I do think that the um, culture tide is turning and that um, kids even are realizing that social media is, is, is not um, fulfilling and that we need to get back to basics of family values um, and, and raising kids in a safe environment. It's, it's not too much to ask. It's truly not, you know, I I remember from last session when we were working on some of this and you mentioned the the um, the women in sports um, legislation, and what, that's one of, of course, Texas Values' top priorities is um, making sure that not only high school women but also college uh, women have the opportunities that they deserve through that's Title right. IX and, and and are able to be protected. Um, you know, and and uh, I, but I just kind of sense that there is this there's this urgency that's kind of moved, you know, I could see last session where there was a lot of urgency on these issues, not only school choice and parental rights, but saving women's sports. But this session, there just seems to be so much more so. I mean, I think COVID opened a lot of that up. I think you see, um, you know, that that parents are just truly realizing um, the disconnect between their values and what the values that uh, the schools are trying to promote to students. Um, and, but I think there's a lot of talk around the school choice issue this, this session. So in Texas in particular, what do you see happening there? Well, you know, the governor has come out and said that it's one of his top two priorities to ensure that every child has access to a great education. Um, we'll see. I think the lieutenant governor is also on board with that. The house is going to be a little bit harder sell um, just because of the politics that surround in particular rural school districts and um, making sure that people understand that um, 
that again, it's been done in 31 other states. And generally the rural school district parents, parents overwhelmingly in rural communities, the schools are generally good. They're not, that's not where the indoctrination is happening. And so they're generally going to choose to keep their kids in those schools because they're good schools. And they're tired of having their their tax dollars in the form of Robin Hood be redistributed to other school districts that may not share their values. And so I think that people are finally paying attention to um, to the, the urgency of that issue and really the impact that it has uh the impact that it that it will have on kids and families, um, you know, education is is the is the key to success and a, a, a fulfilling life because it allows it opens so many doors. And again, when you look at the number of failing schools across the state, and um, that we we need to we need to do, and some of the things that are being taught in these more rural urban liberal areas, we, we, we have to put a stop to it. So I am um, on board on all things, protecting kids, uh, protecting women, lowering our property taxes, getting rid of Robin Hood. I mean, the list is long. And I think part of the urgency that you mentioned that seems, you know, it seems more urgent this time is because we've seen how quickly this has accelerated over the last year and a half. I mean, who would have thought even five, even two years ago that we would have to sit here and have a conversation about whether it should be legal for children to attend adult drag shows? It's, I mean, right. it, so, so because that um, it has spiraled out of control so quickly, um, I think that's where you see the renewed urgency. And I'm thrilled, you know, Republicans have doubled the number of women in the House this time around. So we really have a strong group of women who I think are, are willing to stand up and fight and, and people like me who, who are uh, moms to young kids. And it's, it's hard for uh, it's hard for moms of young kids to run for office and put ourselves out there and find the time to do all this. But at the end of the day, my kids need me and they they are going to grow up knowing that I am fighting for them tooth and nail. And yeah, yes, it means that mommy was busy and, um, you know, I, I can't always be there to pick them up from school. But, but guess what? I'm going to make sure that they and every other child uh, that when they are picked up from school, that I have confidence that they weren't exposed to sexual exploitation while they were there. And that, um, that matters. That means something. And we have the right spokespeople and the passion that we need to make sure that these kids are protected this session. We're talking with Texas State Representative Ellen Troxclair, author of legislation to remove the obscenity exemption, protect kids from pornography being exposed in school libraries. Just as a reminder, if you uh, find value in the work that we're doing, uh, consider going to txvalues.org, making a donation. None of the work we do, including this radio show, would be possible without supporters like you giving, uh, faithfully keeping us going. Representative, I know you are on a time schedule. I have one last question, then okay. I'll wrap with you um, as well. But, you know, we were talking about committee assignments earlier, and yes. you have this bill. Um, and now looking at some of the committee assignments, especially with like criminal jurisprudence, uh, what do you think the prospects are of getting something done on this issue? This oh, I, I, I'm I'm excited about the committee assignments overall. Um, there's an ex excellent public education committee. Um, we have some really good members on criminal jurisprudence. So there are a lot. We have a big freshman class who just came off the campaign trail of spending the last year talking directly with their grassroots. And I have to say, um, 
it is, we have an amazing class of true conservative fighters who are willing to go to the mat for these issues that we have been talking about over the last year. So um, I, I'm very hopeful that we're going to get um, a lot of things across the finish line here. And for anybody who wants to follow uh, my work, I you can find me on social media at Ellen Troxclair, um, on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and then, of course, on my website, ellentroxclair.com, you can sign up for my newsletter. So we're going to be making sure that we're keeping... Um, constituents and anybody else interested up to date on the on the work that we're doing here at the Capitol. Representative, thank you for joining us. We know you have a lot of work to do and session is just really getting ramped up. So good luck to you with your endeavors as well. It's great to have you on the program. We look forward to having you back again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and all the work you do. Thank you so much. We're going to let the representative go. But, you know, uh, as we continue on, there, there was a story that came up uh, from the Goldwater Institute uh, a couple days ago, talking about the legal fight that um, a mom in the state of Maine was having. Um, and she was uh, fighting her school district because um, her school social workers uh, had secretly been advising her daughter to, uh, to transition gender and told the daughter that they weren't going to inform uh, her parents. Even worse, they actually, they actually told the daughter um, that she shouldn't tell her parents either, and this is this is shocking. It's unacceptable, but this is this is happening all over the United States um, and across the country. You have these activist educators who they think they know better than parents, and they actively work to keep parents in the dark. So even even right here, for example, in in Fort Worth, Texas, there was a mom, Jenny Crossland. She filed a Public Information Act request uh, for a simple reading list of the books that her daughter would be reading in K through 12 in school. And the Fort Worth Independent School District told her that she would have to pay $1,300 if she wanted that list. And the ironic thing is that Texas law is really pretty um, pretty uh, favorable to the public uh, requester. Um, and it requires that public record fees be reasonable, that for any record under 50 pages, fees have to be limited just to the photocopying charges. But the bottom line is parents should not even have to file a public records request just to find out what's being taught uh, to their kids in a taxpayer-funded school. There are parents of all political views that are just realizing this and are becoming um, you know, extremely unsettled at what public schools um, are doing. A good example of this is Florida. So Florida passed legislation last year um, and said parents must be notified when there's a change in, in health services offered to their child. So, you know, it's my child. You, you better make sure I know what's going on. There are at least four states, including Texas, that have already filed bills to follow Florida's lead. And I do think that we will get some protections in place as Representative Troxclair was talking about earlier. Um, but, you know, even with these proposals to give parents, you know, more power in the classroom, uh, there, there are a lot of surveys out there that are showing that parents are becoming less and less satisfied across the board with kindergarten all the way through 12th grade education. There was a new survey that came out uh, from School Choice Week um, a few weeks ago. It, 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 it shows that 53.7% of parents uh, are, are either considering or considered choosing a new school. There was another poll from Gallup that said um, that uh, satisfaction with American education is 
currently at 42%. That's down almost 10 points compared to if you go back to 2019, um, where it was at 52, uh, 52%. Um, and, and that's not dependent upon political affiliation either. So Republicans and Democrats alike, they are unhappy with the quality of their kids' education. Y'all may have heard about the uh, Lano Public Library issue. We've been, been involved in, um, in helping support some citizens out there. And this is rural central Texas. Uh, what happened was the county commissioner, um, county, uh, the commissioner's court, um, they had a citizen-led library advisory committee that had, they had um, voted to move a number of just obscene books from, from the kids section in the library. And I'm talking like, um, you know, six and seven-year-olds to the adult section, uh, very nasty books. One book was supposed to be uh, teaching teenagers um, on relationships, and it included all sorts of illustrations on uh, teenagers texting each other nude photos. Um, and the warning that it came with was, if you're going to do this, just make sure that you create an agreement with the other person. You'll delete the photos later. So instead of discouraging sexting between school kids, they're just telling them, it's okay as long as you don't get caught. Um, as a result of moving those books from the kids section into the adult section, the LGBT community um, got riled up. They sued the county commissioner's court um, saying that, that kids had a constitutional right to have this content accessible in libraries, which of course is total baloney because number one, they don't. And number two, if you can go and you can order a book on Amazon, have it sent to your private residence, the government is not violating your rights. Um, they're now in federal court over this. They had a uh, trial late last year, um, but it's just incredible that we're that we're at the point in this country where there are a bunch of adults that are suing to have what is essentially pornography put back in the libraries. And this is rural Texas, so it has infiltrated and penetrated all um, all aspects of our country. Um, and I think. Uh, you know, one thing that just to kind of go back to what uh, Representative Troxclair was saying, um, you know, a lot of parents are increasingly noticing this disconnect. There are a lot of small uh, schools in small towns in Texas. They used to be a, a natural extension of the families in those communities, but increasingly uh, the federal government dictates to all public schools uh, what, you know, what pronouns people should use, uh, what bathrooms they use, what sports teams they're allowed to play on. And small town Texans have seen these quote unquote woke changes in policy. And they worry that local public schools no, no longer really belong to them. Um, additionally, and more and more public school administrators and, and teachers, um, even in rural Texas, are adopting the posture that they know better than parents um, as to what values kids should be taught. As a result of this, families are starting to demand more school choice to find better private options if their public schools are going to try to push values on them that are antithetical to the values that they're trying to teach their kids. And uh, we're so grateful to have uh, legislators like Representative Troxclair who are willing to stand up uh, for these things and protect kids in this way. Well, we're coming to the end of our show, but we want to thank all of our faithful listeners, all of our supporters, um, you know, and say, if, if you find value, again, if you find value in the work that we're doing, 
you can go to uh, txvalues.org. You can make a donation by going to our website. Also, um, if, you're, if you're in the Austin area, you're looking for work. We are looking for interns in our Austin office. So if you know uh, someone who might be interested in uh, interning for our organization, you can email us at info at txvalues.org. We're also trying to hire for a full-time position on our policies team. So if you, if you think you have the skills it takes, if you're a good writer, if you're a good analyzer, you have some sort of legal background or policy background, and you think that you might be the right candidate to make a difference for faith, family, and freedom, you can go to txvalues.org forward slash opportunities and check out our open positions. Also, I don't want I don't want to forget about this. Our Faith and Family Day, um, which is our advocacy day, where you can come and you can um, have our team help you, guide you as you advocate for issues, um, is on March 13th. That's March 13th, uh, starting at nine o'clock in the morning up here at the Capitol. Um, you'll have our team guide you through issues like um, how to advocate for banning gender modification for children. We talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago with uh, State, uh, State Senator Bob Hall was on talking with us about this. Um, but it's going to be a great day with some incredible speakers, and you do not want to miss it. We have some very special speakers lined up, uh, and we'll soon be making some announcements about those as well. But as always, if you want information on any of the work that Texas Values does, you can visit our website. Remember, well, government belongs to those who show up. And here at Texas Values, we're dedicated to being your voice in government, to being your boots on the ground for conservative social issues. And we're dedicated to being your leading group on faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. We want to thank you for joining us here on the Texas Values Report, and we'll see you right here again next week. Thanks, guys.